everyone, it's Michelle. And Delaudis. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon. You are his living epistle, read by all men. That's right. You are Jesus' ambassador. This is the Living Epistle Project radio program. You're listening to the Living Epistle Project radio program. And I'm your host, Madeline Fenelon, and I'm in the studio with some amazing people. And some of us are in the studio virtually, um, but, it, <laughs> but it's amazing. It's great. It's always a good day to be alive. Um, and we are here. We are here to just do one of our favorite things, to just tune in and talk to you about one of our... I was going to say one of our favorite person, but it's not one of my favorite person. It's actually my favorite person in the whole wild world. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's actually the reason life makes sense for me personally. So it's it's good to to have him in my life and it's good to be living for him. So it's just good to be here with you. I know you can't listen to, you can't talk back to me. But how are you? Think about it for a moment <laughs> while the others greet you. <laughs> I am so excited to be here with you guys again. It's the loudest. Um, it's always a pleasure and an honor to share whatever God, you know, has our hearts filled with um, during the week to now come and share with you guys. So hope you'll be blessed with it. Amen. Well. I'm Amen. so happy to be here. And it's just, it's amazing how in seven days what God can do. Mm-hmm. And he is, I mean, I, I agree with Madeline. He is our, not just our favorite person. He is the favorite. <laughs> he, he, he is the favorite. So right. I'm so happy to be here. Hey, it's Michelle. It's Michelle. Hey, y'all. Hey. Happy to hey. be here. I don't know, you guys. I, I haven't heard Michelle. I, Michelle has been, you know, we've, we've we've all been locked down on lockdown, but all of a sudden, Michelle have gone sudden in us. She's like, hey, y'all. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm I'm interacting with a lot of different people from everywhere, so. <laughs> Today, I guess I guess my the southern part of me came on out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Michelle. I love it. The southern part from Jamaica, West Indies, right? <laughs> from where you when you were a kid, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so funny. That's funny, but yeah, I I want to say I want to say this. I want to remember this. Um, I want to read this scripture before we go into our topic. Um, it's he will, di- okay, I guess I have to tell you what I'm reading from. It's Psalm 91, 4 to 6. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wing you will find refuge. His faithfulness mm-hmm. will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by night, um, or nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the p- pestilence that stopped in darkness, nor the plague that destroy at midday. Amen. So, Amen. so yeah. So today, um, today we want to talk about God's faithfulness, mm. and that how it is actually, it's actually um. A trust fund <laughs> ah, <love laughs> that we <laughs> that we it. can bank on. You know, we can come and cash 
on it whenever we need to, because God ha- God's faithfulness is something that endure from generation to generation. And it reminds me of um, Lamentation 32, I mean, 22 to 23. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. So yeah, so Mary and I, all of us, well, Mary and I, <laughs> send me a text. I asked Mary, hey, what, what do you guys, do you have a topic got down, download on you? Uh, and you, and you know, she talk about God's faithfulness. And I think we touched on it um, last um, Friday, Saturday. But yeah, tell me about your topic, Mary. Uh, yeah, I actually, um, when Madeline just reached out and I, we were chatting, I went to, my um, heart went to First Kings 17. And um, it was amazing as I was reading it that um, how God took care of Elijah through transition. And I think a lot, a lot of us now during the pandemic, during everything else, we're, we're in the middle of a transition. We're going from a comfortable place to an unknown place. And what struck me during that time when we think about God's faithfulness is Elijah had to, there were two times in this chapter where God had to, where Elijah had to know his God deliver a message that wasn't a popular message and trust the voice that he hears was from God. He heard was from God in the top of the chapter. He's telling the King he's going before the King and he's saying to him that there's a famine, there's going to be a famine in the land. And not only there's going to be a famine in the land, but it's only going to stop at his word. So he had, God told him to get in front of the king. God told him to tell him it's going to be a famine. And God told him that only at his word, at the prophet's word, that the rain was going to come. So, I mean, not for nothing. That's not great news. It's not not like, hey, hey, guess what? There's going to be a famine. Want to let everybody know. Um, So the next thing God tells Elijah in verse 2 is, Go to the brook, go to the brook. So the first transition was going from the audience of a king to a brook with nobody. And he had to trust that God was going to provide for him at that brook. He had to trust that God had, that was going to protect him because the king wasn't exactly too happy about this. So when you think about God's faithfulness, where is God positioning you now that's uncomfortable? Um, yeah, exactly. Do you have it? Or did you, yeah. Can you read it for me? Please? Absolutely. Um, starting with verse 1, um, 1 Kings 17. Um, now Elijah, who is the Tishbite in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain for the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east and hide in Kerith Brook near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from that brook and eat what the ravens bring to you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Amen. Amen. And, and continue where it says it's, he sent him to the widow. Yeah. So verse five, 
So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped by the um, Kirith Brook east of the Jordan. And the raven brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank at the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, and there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. The Lord told Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. Amen, amen. So I I, I don't know, Michelle, if you have any point you want to bring up, but while you think about it, (laughs) I I want to say this. I think I used to, sometimes I talked to my mentor and I said, you know, I've been living all that long. And my mentor would say, Madeline, <laughs> it's not that long. <laughs> you know that, right? <laughs> you haven't been living that long. But to me, it seemed like an eternity living on yeah. earth. But the, but I still believe that I've lived long enough. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> long enough. <laughs> long enough to realize that we are going to go through different seasons. I used to not like it. I used to look at people's life. And say, okay, that's them. That's their life. And God actually did shelter me, even though I went through hard time. But it, I was a kid. I was a child, right? You, God kind of shelter you from, hard, from the difficulties when, you go, when you're a kid. You don't really feel them as much as if you are an adult. And I felt like my troubles when I was a, a kid, a teenager, even in college, well, they were my parents' trouble, not mine. You know, I right. could say, hey, I'm still someone who's trying to figure my, out my way. For a while, it was kind of like, yeah, life is pretty good. Life, life is pretty stable. Again, and I understood there was a process, right? And they said, okay, I mean, it may be hard now, but eventually I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to be on that mountaintop mm-hmm. and it's going to stay there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a very common yes. you know, thought process. Yes, I was like, I'm going, it's hard now, I'm going to study, I'm going to do everything to get that career, and then once I get there, I understand, I put my part, and now I'm on the mountain part, the mountain part, top, better stay like that for the rest of my life, and God proved me wrong, (laughs) (laughs) and since then I realized, oh, life is up and down, and then I'm drawn to the scripture of Job where he says, for sure, man is born to trouble. Mm. And again, it was hard for me to accept, but I accept it because that's what it is. Man is born to trouble, but there is one constant that we know for God's kids. He's going to work all the troubles out for our good. There's mm-hmm. every process, every directions that he's giving it, every season that he's putting us in. There was a reason for it. There was a purpose for it. So, so yeah. So yeah, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen, I've seen uh, God's faithfulness in, in my life, right? So I think we can probably all attest to what we've seen God do and in seasons of, of trouble and hardship, they last for a moment, right? And I think one of the things, when I really think about it in terms of God's faithfulness, one of the things that I think we really have to do is be obedient to his voice and his word. And we see the manifestation of, of his faithfulness to us instead of kind of, I, I know for me, when I kind of do my own, well, I've seen it in the past, kind of try to control situations, that's not necessarily the best, the best way to go, right? Instead of, well, God, you wouldn't want me to do this, even though that's what you're speaking to my heart, you know, and your mind kind of takes over and then you go with another path that God doesn't want you to go on. 
But I think the other thing to think about is, you know, I, I look at like Isaiah 55, I think it's eight and nine, um, you know, for my thoughts and not your thoughts, mm-hmm. neither are your ways my way, said the Lord. You know, but for the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So he is well beyond <laughs> what our, our, our minds can do. He's got it all figured out for us. And back to what you were saying, Marvelous, mm-hmm. he works things out for our good because he is faithful. Amen. He is faithful. And, you know, I think that that is, I think a lot of us th- thought that, you know, um, growing mm-hmm. up, just thinking, man, you know, after this hard season, for sure is going to be amazing. God is going to bring me through <laughs> and I'm going to dock there for a second. And what I've, you know, what I've found out, just like modeling, is that the rest of us, I'm sure, is that one season, you know, prepares you for the next and they may not, it's not on a, on a scale, right? Like it, it's the, the zigzagging of it. It's the amazing part because, you know, you may think, okay, from here, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to go to the next stage and the Lord may send you, you know, off the road a bit um, just because two seasons down the line, you need that experience, um, you know, the hardship that, you know, to go through that. You may need to encourage someone, and that encouragement may be, um, that person may be dependent on that encouragement. You have no, we have no idea altogether what the Lord is doing. Um, but I see the transitions of each uh, character in the Bible, each person in the Bible, and then my own, you know, they're bridged, Right. You know, when it says from, you know, we go from glory to glory, obviously we're speaking of the glory of God, but it, it, it's from one season to the next, there has to be a passageway. There has to be, you know, a, a bridge to it. Um, how do we just abruptly go from one to, you know, to the next with no preparedness? How do we, and there's like that, that holding cell, as I call it, the yeah. holding room. Um, and that's how I, I, I've come to, to see, you know, see transition and appreciate it. Um, you know, I don't remember even going back. I, I actually remember going through the changes, the minor changes that prepare me to enter into the new season. Had I not gone through those, it would have been a shock, a system shock in, in so many different. Um, I probably would not have had the reaction of the Lord uh, wanted me to have to the new season. You know what you just said? Like this week, sometime, maybe Wednesday, thinking of the time Mary mentioned like, you know, we're going through a, to a lockdown, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a hard time, a lot of unre- um, not peaceful moment right now. It's not life as normal, but I actually, I was doing dishes um, and I said to the Lord, thank you. Thank you. You put me through the personal trials you did to prepare me for this season Amen. because I do find that I'm handling this season pretty fair. Yeah. Um, and I'm not panicking. I'm not shaking. I am not saying why God, why me or why this God? I'm more like, I feel like I'm, I've understand through the personal trials that I've gone through that this is life. We, we're going to have trouble in, in life, but we have the Holy spirit and we have God on our side and we are going to be okay. And okay, again, I want to emphasize, you may not want to hear it. It may not be pleasing to the ears. But sometimes okay is not what the human understand it to be. Um, I think, but we have to trust God. I trust God that whatever it is, whether on this, on this side of heaven or the real heaven, that it's going to be okay if I don't give up mm-hmm. or if I don't get entangled. But mm-hmm. 
Mary, you said something about our faithfulness. Well, is it our faithfulness? And how, how did you say it? You said our confidence and faith in God can help us maintain peace while we transition from one season to another. Amen. So what do you mean by that? It's, it's um, I meant like this. Elijah was able, if we go back to that chapter, Eliza w- was able to move from one to another in confidence knowing that he heard from God and he was obedient and God had his back. When he first delivered the message, it was something that he had to believe that it was God. And, he, and even the statement when he says that at my word, the rain would come, only at my word, the rain would come back. What a statement to say to a king that, okay, not only am I telling you God's bringing the famine, but I'm the only one that can say that the rain's coming back. God's given me that authority. I'm walking in his confidence. I'm walking as an authority. So that was one thing that just blew my mind. What is God telling us in this season? You're not, Madeline, when you said when you were washing the dishes, you thank God for the the hard times because it gave you the confidence of not losing it now. Mm -hmm. And think about Elijah. Elijah was had to go to the king and give him deliver bad news and say, "Hey, look, it's only at my word will the rain come back." What a statement to say in the midst of a famine. But I, I want to say this too. I think one of the things that I often talk to you guys, I mean around you guys is that respecting yourself <laughs> kind of thing. Trust trust yourself, not trust that you can you can make things happen or you are like a God, not in mm-hmm. that aspect, not mm-hmm. that you are a deity kind of thing. Um, but in the f- sense that we have to respect ourselves, in the sense that we believe that actually I was made in God's image. I was actually made in God's image. It's a true story. I wasn't made from monkeys. I was made from God. Amen. You know, Amen. so true story. Amen. And we have to believe in that. It's not a maybe or but. We, what does that mean? God image. Who is God? Right now, we do know with God, our strength come from God, but for the most part, He gave us a sense of Himself that deserve respect and deserve honor in that sense. But then again, you come to the Lord, you come to accept the Lord. You have to respect that you have a relationship with the Lord. You have to accept that, and that relationship is communication. There is communication between you and God. People might say you crazy. The world might say you're a crazy person. You heard from God. God spoke to you. God told you. That's crazy. But you have to be able to, to, there's that balance of knowing who to take. I was listening to a podcast today. Um, I'm not endorsing everybody. It's called, it's called the, not today, yesterday, or two days ago. Communication guys, guy. It's about, you know, be tough. The title of this podcast was be tough, but not bullet, bulletproof. The whole point was take construct, be, know what you're talking about, know your strength, but be also be open to constructive criticism. But there is this thing that is like, you have to allow yourself to know that I know that God is speaking to me. The only person you go to bat, bat with and make sure you understand that he is talking to you 
is is God. I love Gideon. I love when Gideon said, <laughs> you know, are you sure? You got to show me this. But I think the moment he confirmed to you that he's speaking to you and he's giving you direction, no matter what other voices says, you have to go with that. And I think Elijah knew he had a relationship with God. Someone else did not tell him he had a relationship with God. He knew. He knew him as an agent, individual agent, made in God's image. God called him. God has a message for him to deliver. God has a purpose for him. And this is the purpose God has for him. And no one else would tell him no. You know? And, and so I think that confidence in respecting yourself and knowing that I have a voice. I do. And I, someone said, I don't need, I, I'm glad other people come and compliment what I said. <laughs> but I know my art is good. I love that. Knowing that, hey, God's image have some good things. It's one thing to be able to evaluate yourself and say, hey, I'm missing something here. But it's another to, to not trust that you have a voice and God actually give you a message. So I think that's important to have, to believe that God is speaking to you and to, to trust that you have that relationship with the Lord. Amen. Yeah. You know what this um, reminds me of? There are two, two people in the Bible, two stories that um, when you talk about confidence in the Lord and, and knowing who you are, I think about, David, young David, yeah. going up against Goliath. And, you know, he had every confidence, you know, that that it wasn't him alone going up against Goliath. It was his God, exactly. you know, that God, God was, was fighting the battle. It was God. So I think in many things that we go through and, and even what's happening now that we have to remember that, you know, God is out there fighting our battles and going before us. And it's not, you know, without him, we have nothing. He has the power. He gives us what we need, and he's fighting for us. So I think of David, and I also think of Joseph, right? Yeah. All, all the yeah, things right. that, yeah. that he, he went through, and even going back a lot as to what you were saying about transition and going from season to season that, you know, the preparing for the next season. Like, all throughout Joseph's story, even though it's mind-boggling what his brothers did to him and, and, and where he ended up and all the trials he went through, but it was just building building each season to get him to the point where he was really going to save people, you know, for God's purpose. So um, confidence is, is so important. And I know sometimes we're like, I know I do it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what's going on. Like, where are you? But I always know, right. That he's there. I know in my heart, I may have a moment just because of my human frailty, but I got to come back to it. I'm like, okay, God, I took a moment, but now I'm back. <laughs> I know you're here. Amen. You know what I <laughs> you know. To add to what you said, Michelle, it's kind of like we do know that every person, even if you're not a Christian, if God made you in mm -hmm. his image, which you are, <laughs> you are made in his image, you have gifts. You have natural gifts and natural abilities, right? But what I'm talking, mm -hmm. what we talk, we want to make sure that we do know you have natural abilities. But I still think these gifts can be useful only for earthly reason. But when you add God in it, they become so powerful, right? I have the yeah. ability to speak. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's when I add mm -hmm. God in it and his ways in it, that's when my speech become very powerful. I love, mm -hmm. I love how Paul said to the people he was preaching. I don't know which group he was talking to. He said, I proclaim to know nothing but Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and this yeah. is someone we knew had um, a lot of abilities in the natural. Um, but he said, yeah, I didn't come with you with philosophy and with all these kind of great speech. Mm -hmm. I proclaim to know nothing about Christ, but it's to know that I have 
again, I talk about the natural men for sure. Even if you're not a Christian, listen, you have something to offer in this universe, this world. But it, but I, I talk to the Christian, which is why it's more powerful when God, because you haven't lived if you haven't found your purpose in God. You have, Amen. you are not living. Um, and, but when God called you and you have accepted that and you built a confidence to say, and to all, always know too, for me, I know that, I know I've been gifted in the natural. I know that. There's no doubt about it because my experience says it, right? My experience says I've been gifted in the natural. But I also know in the spiritual, I've, God has been with me. But I know anything spiritual that happened through me is not because of me. It's to have the confidence to say that whatever spiritual thing, whatever heavenly thing that I have, my strength is from God. Elijah, I think Elijah know that. So he wasn't... He wasn't battling that battle of insecurity, insecurity battles that me and God, me and God. I think it's a false humility where you keep like, oh, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. Listen, honestly, we all know. It's an insult to <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. We all know when it comes to righteousness, you, you really, if it's not right, God's righteousness, you, you have nothing. Right? You have righteousness when you take Jesus' righteousness and put that on you. Um, but then we all also know. With God, God actually gives non-Christians natural abilities that can actually change the world. So I think we do need to have that understanding that, yes, I'm nothing without God, for sure. I know that's my personal story. I don't value the natural things much. I'm thankful for them, but I don't value them much. I'm, I'm more happy when I'm, at, when I'm living in, my, in, in God's purpose for my life. Yeah, but even that, like... Who gave you those abilities? You know, those right. are there to question. Like everything we have around us, like obviously, you know, everything speaks of his glory, like the whole earth. Yes. And so, you know, men is without excuse. And even the very, you know, cells <laughs> in our body, you know, I don't think we've, it, this, scientists have discovered uh, 10% no. of, uh, you know, of all, you know, the, the information that he has. Um, and also understanding the, um, who we are, like all of our, tasks you know and uh um not only abilities but jobs that we have that he's given us like uh, in second corinthians five twenty says therefore we are ambassadors for christ i love that god making his appeal through us we implore you um on behalf of christ be reconciled with god a messenger an ambassador representative and this is, you know, a, a letter, which is what this whole ministry is about. We're living epistle. All these things are part of our identity in Christ. And understanding each one, you know, and, you know, where you fall. And, I mean, that's all of us, really. Um, and then within that, you have specific, you know, you're still an ambassador. You know, you're, you're uh, delivering the word of God. But God has also given you very unique experiences in your life you don't have mod and i share many similarities coming from neighboring countries to here and a lot of similar things but our lives personalities are so different we were even born the same year <laughs> in the same year right and and so and i'm her senior <laughs> by someone stop it uh, you know but that's the thing we are yet so different have come mary Michelle, all of us, we're so, God has given us very unique um, 
you know, paths to walk. And, you know, we can bring different things to the table, different encouragement at different times, you know, based on our life experiences. That he's, that I, has given I, us. You know, I'm listening. And one of the things that comes to mind is we are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. I love peculiar. that. And we, peculiar meaning unique. And a p- part of the journey is once we once we have accepted Jesus as our personal savior, the Bible becomes our truth, is pursuing our identity in Christ. What makes us unique? Our natural gifts, like Madeline was saying, we have these gifts. God has given it to us. And I also believe God gives us an opportunity not only to discover it, but use it. And a lot of times we're conforming to what the world thinks is success or what the world. And here's the thing. If you align your passion, you align how God made you. There is success in that path, and yeah. it's not a, a a bad thing is to be ambitious in the area of which God is aligned. But the process is finding out what that is. But I do think, like you, you said, something good. It's like the problem is not that you should not be ambitious. I think God wants you to be ambitious. Exactly. Right? Finding out what it is. Like I, I, I love. There's so many things you can take out of the parable of the five talents of mm-hmm. the talent. Like there were, there were like that one, the one talent was not an ambitious person. No. And he did not get rewarded. He was like, okay, it's one talent. God is, I mean, the master is going to be upset if I lose it. So I'm just going to bury it. But you had the second, the one with the two who says, you know what? I'm very ambitious about it. I actually see potential with this. I'm, even if I lose it, I'm going to try the, so on and so forth. The one with the five talent too. And God actually wants you to be ambitious, but finding out what I think the, 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 for me, at least for me, I, the problem for me is not knowing what God wants. The moment I know what God wants, I say, I tell, I make a joke with God and tell God, don't tell me what, don't tell me what you want me to do unless you're ready right away to do it. Because the moment I know, I just want to get it done. <laughs> I just want to move on it. Amen. Um, but I think it's a, ama- the problem is to find out who God made you to be, what God made you to be. And I love this Exodus 31, one to six, and I'm not going to read all of it, just the p- pertinent part. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the spirit of God, with skills, ability, and knowledge in all kinds of craft. So I love this when I see people, and I see it often in the church. I'm not, it's not in the world I see it. It's in the church where they think, they're making, they're doing God a favor by saying, oh, no, I don't know. And yes, you do know. God has given you something. <laughs> Run with it. Don't be like the person with the one talent and say, I don't know. I don't think it's enough. I don't think it's sufficient. I don't know. I just don't have all the tools. I just want to remind you, the Bible says, a farmer that waits for fair weather will never plant. You know, so I think it's important that we do understand. If you don't know, maybe you don't know. But you can know. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, ask of him and he will. This is a serious relationship, a real relationship. Where it's like you can actually communicate with God. You don't know your gifts or your abilities, ask God. But don't stay idle even when you don't know. Start, put your hand into whatever you can find and do it unto the Lord. 
Wow. Um, there's a lot there. Um, uh, what you just <laughs> read is so, no, what you just read, I was going back to why he was even speaking about because he was creating the tabernacle mm-hmm. and there was specific things within the tabernacle, the tapestry that covered, um, the tabernacle, the, the way they, the yarn and the fact with Bezalel that he had a specific skill and he said that I keep, what you read that it was it, that he's given him that skill. I, I, he fe- was, I filled him with the spirit of God go. first. Spirit exactly. of God first, because you must have that. You have you need to have the spirit of God, right? With the skills, abilities. I think the skills and abilities without the spirit of God is just that. I think I have both. I have I've had the whole. I have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, and I have the abilities. The skill by itself. Right? The example I gave of the speech, me being able to speak. You know, it can, I, I'm going to accomplish something, but it's not something eternal, something great. But the moment you add God to it, to that, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And he felt him and he did what he was told, what his skill set was. Yeah, I have, and, I have and, and given, given him. I have given him, God has given him. And mm-hmm. that once we discover, it's just like Madeline was saying, once we discover the skills, God's going to give us the opportunity to use it. It's up to us to recognize that that is an opportunity and to move forward. You think about the person with the one talent. He knew he had a talent. He knew that that was something that the master gave him, but he decided to hide it because he was like, he looked at the circumstances around him. And I believe with Madeline, she's saying, look, if I, if you have the skill, it's God given, do it scared. Do it scared because God is going to, once you step out, God is going to back you up because it's a skill that he gave you to do. I also think the the talent was not significant to him. Mm. Michelle, any thought? (laughs) Well, well, you know, I was curious by what you meant by that, that the talent was not significant to him. It was, are you saying it's for doing um, the talent Versus was the talent, the, the one, the one with the first talent, the one talent. I think the, yeah. the talent was not significant to him in the sense that he said, "Oh, okay." I thought, I thought you, I thought you were saying the talent was not significant to God. That's no, no, I was no, like, no, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, I got it, got it, got it. But I mean, the, the I like it. You see how we point. call one another out? We just call it out. Like Marty and Don Rogue. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I knew, I knew what was. <laughs> what was, was coming going. out of your mouth, right? Yeah, I'm like, yeah. So, you know, but I, I do think God equips us. He equips us, even if we're we're afraid, you know, of, of stepping out. You know, we got to step out in faith, and he, he equips us to to do what it is he's called us to do. The other thing is, and this is, relates to the talent, but, you know, we're also the light of the world, right? So, um, you know, Matthew 5, 14, 16 says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, Mm -hmm. but on a candlestick, and it gives light to the whole house. So let your light so shine before men, so that we see your good works and glorify the Father. So he gives us his gifts. Any gift that we have is really to glorify glorify God. So we're we're the lights, and those gifts, I kind of relate them together as being the light of the world, because God wants us to shine to the world and glorify him with the gifts he's given us. Amen. Amen. Don't do it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Makes me think of um, all the talents that the Lord gives us. They may not come out all at once in the same season. Mm -hmm. So like for David, think of, you know, I mean, he always comes up everywhere, right? Because so much that we can learn from him. Um, You know, while he was attending the the sheep, so attending to the sheep so young, you know, and and almost kind of, you know, pushed aside, um, forgotten. Um, There he was, uh, you know, and he did that well. It's almost like not appreciating or or not seizing that moment or whatever God puts on your lap. He, you know, he did it well. Um, You know, he fought a lion a bear and (laughs) along the way he didn't know what that was going to do that gave him the strength when he looked at goliath and said who is this guy like you know who i killed the lion confidence and then slingshot and then he's played the harp as well i mean and that playing the harp you know obviously got him in in um in the palace to play for Saul when he was tormented, that played a role. And in that part of that transition yeah. period that he didn't know he was going through, but that was, it's all coming together, right? So your talents that the Lord gave you for him, for his glory, um, to take you from one season to the next, he, you may utilize a few of them um, that season, even when you don't know why you're transitioning to the next, um, to the next level, to the next season, to the next you know, staging your life. Um, when Madeline said um, that he didn't appreciate, I, I instantly thought, do not despise the uh, um, days of small beginnings. Yes. Yeah. Because that one talent was the one thing that God gave him. He knew God gave, the master gave it to him. But did he appreciate that talent? Did he, because a lot of times we get into comparison and we say, oh, I, I'm only good at that one thing, right. but this one has 10 things. Or which which things, I think you whatever. need to throw away. You actually yeah. need to throw that away. Don't even think about it. Like, honestly, yeah. I think, I think, I think while we like, yeah, it, it, don't and, even and, think about yeah. that. I think I don't even acknowledge that. <laughs> like, you know, I but it's true. I, I, I understand that, but I'm just thinking that. When that person had that one talent and didn't appreciate it, how many things, like you were saying before, in points of transition, that there are things that are coming up in us and we're like, eh, it's just a little thing. Mm -hmm. But you think about David when he went with the lion and the bear. The lion, he both of those both of those times where he was challenged, it was in the um, the pasture. Mm -hmm. It was not, you know, it was in the pasture where no one saw it. And he couldn't. So, mm-hmm. but by the time he got to Goliath, I love that, he had Mary. the confidence I because like, he it was done. I'm sorry, in secret. Like it the, was done in secret. I like and that. a lot of times, the, the the gift is being birthed in secret. I like that, Mary. It's mm-hmm. kind of like this is it. Respecting yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. Like have self respect. When I say self respect, it's like it means a lot. I don't know how to explain it. Really, it's to really respect yourself. I am a unit. I'm an agent. I'm an agency. I have free will, free speech. Even God gave us that that thing, that respect. He's like with Adam and Eve. Yeah. He says, here, he's this and that. You choose. Mm. God didn't even force. I think God could have forced them to do whatever he wants. He did not. He said, you were made in my image. Part of that is that you have free will and you have understanding. You have the ability to think you are an important being. You're not all powerful as I am because I've limited that. But for the most part, you are made in my image. It's just that in secret. And I love that. Do I respect, do I value my gifts? Do I value 
the message that God has given me? Do I value my voice? Even if there are 10 people in the room who says, no, you're horrible, you're bad. What you're saying is bad. What you're saying is horrible. Do I have enough respect for myself and enough, um, do I have also the, the discernment to understand what's good and what's bad. That's one of the things I tell my niece. I remember she was five or so. I take the train with her when I'm going to prayer meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say she she hears something in the train, something that she's not used to, a bad word or something, a bad behavior. I said, yep, you see, and she'll jump. She's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, my goodness. I said, yep, you recognize it? This is what I need you to do right now. You at this moment need to understand what is trash and what is not trash? Where do trash belong? In the garbage can. Automatically, do not ponder upon it. Tra- t- throw it in the trash. And she actually put her head, like her hand in her head. Aww. And she just like, trash. <laughs> we Aww. all need to do that. <laughs> you know, and so we have to understand to be like, to be able to understand what's good and what's bad. We, I, I have to. And when I don't know, this is how I do it. I, I'm not waiting for every voice. I don't need every voice in my life. I don't. Like, if you give me your voice without me asking you, it's, it's not going to be taken well. I'm not going to be rude to you, but you will know that I didn't ask you. Um, but here's the thing. I have a group of people that God has put in my life also through the reasoning that I have to understand these, these are good, good people that I can take advice from and they live godly. Just like Michelle just called me out when she thought I was saying something. I will respect that. But I have to say this. I have, I think I'm losing my train of thought, <laughs> but I have... I have a group of people in my life that I have, but for the most part, I have to know myself, know thyself, because you are, I am going to give an account. I cannot say before God, before God, when God said, Marilyn, those talents that I give you, those opportunities that I give you, those time that I gave you, what did you do with it? I cannot say, loud is come. And, and can you I speak take, on your behalf? <laughs> <laughs> I took yeah. Yeah. Speak, speak for me. Speak for me. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. God will not accept it from you. Yes. You cannot say my mama, my dada, yes. or my friends, or my auntie, or my 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 teacher, or my boss. You can't. Yeah. My boss told me to do it. No. God is gonna say, What did you think? And it's like Jesus said, Who do you say that I am? Who do you? say that I am not who they do they say that I am he he did ask that yes then who do they say so, you know go ahead no, I was gonna say, Mama, you know what I think this points out is that when you talk about confidence it's who are people putting confidence in yes. is it yes. confidence in, in in God is it confidence in the world and I think where people are putting their confidence impacts how they look at their gifts right um Mary to your point I think there are times people think Oh, you know, it's just, it's, this is, this is so insignificant, right? In terms of this gift or this thing that I just do, it's insignificant from a, maybe a world perspective, but it's significant in terms of a godly perspective, mm-hmm. right? So I think that there is a, you know, people lack, people are lacking confidence if they're look, depending on how they're looking at things, right? And, you know, your, your gift could be, that you, you know, you encourage people, you get to be, you smile at people and they feel happy, you know, um, it, it doesn't have to be this big, people think it's this big thing, you know, like you've got to be a star, you've got to be, um, you know, a major athlete, you've got to be that those are the gifts, those are the worldly gifts. So I think part of it is that confidence in what is your confidence in, right, to give you confidence in yourself. 
Right, and I, I think it's also um, respecting that there are different things in life, right? I think, mm-hmm. I, I do think society put a lower, like some part of society put a lower st- part on the gender. I, in my opinion, that's a great... That's a, yeah, <laughs> it's an important job. It's a really important I, I, job. The garbage speaker, I think it's great because... Yes. Mm-hmm. Imagine if we don't have that. We oh no, it's very easy to know in New York right now. Exactly. Just step uh, out. Yes, <laughs> exhibit exactly. A. Exactly. exactly. So I think that's important. And for me, I I I value every gift. That's my thing. I I do believe that I have the gift of encouragement. But when I encourage people, I, I ask them, "What do you do? What do you do? Like, what is your gift? What do you do well? Don't try to be a lawyer. Don't try to be a doctor. Don't try to be a singer when you're not. If you're not, you're not." Yeah. You know, what do That's you right. do? I feel like so many of us are trying to be something that we are not Amen. because that's what society says is a great thing. Yep. You know, but I think if you have it, go ahead, live in it. Praise God for it. If you don't have that, what do you have? I love, I love, yeah. I love, I think, it, I don't know if it's the same story where God, um, Elijah said to the widow, mm-hmm. what do you have? Yeah. What do mm-hmm. you have? And with that little, uh, is it? I think it is the same story. Same, yeah. What yeah. do you have? And mm-hmm. the, the widow said, "I have that little oil or well, something." Yeah. And with that little oil, it was able to multiply and fulfill all the the needs. What do you have? And I also say with Moses, "What is that in your hand?" A rod that he had, a yeah. staff, but he had in his hand. What God? That's what God used. He said to um, he didn't say it to David, but I imagine. What do you have? He had that fling, fling shot, shot yeah. and then the rock, the, the, the stone yeah. that he took. That's it. What do you have? Val- do you value it? I love Vesto Goodman. It's, she's an older singer. She's no longer with us. She, she said. Oh, wow. I haven't heard she, her I don't know what show. I'm old soul, okay? She's awesome. <laughs> she is so good. I, I'm old soul, so I like the old music that are not popular. You know, if the words are meaty, I'm going to go for it. But, um. Um, she said, you put Jesus in any little things, it become big. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, uh, Michelle, you said something that really, that jumped out. It's just, what are you putting your confidence in? And if you are trusting mm-hmm. that this is God's gift, it is. He will give you what you need in that season. In the season, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, David, and here's what's beautiful about David is David, all he had was the slingshot and the rock, but he was trained in that little thing. He was trained Mm -hmm. in it and he had confidence in it. And he, and even the armor that was placed on him, Saul said, oh, you want to fight? Go for it. Let me put the let me put the <laughs> armor. <laughs> let me put you, let me give you my armor because that worked for me. Pause, pause for a moment. You see this? Another man describe what you need to fight. Men, human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. From their Mm -hmm. understanding. Yes. And and understand that that they're doing it with good intentions. Yeah. Because they they think, they really think, oh, no, I know that this is the pathway Mm -hmm. that I took. Correct. This is what kosher, this is what conventional, this is what normal, this is what others have done. I actually come with a perspective to say, these are human beings. They were gifted by God. Everybody in the past that has establish a good life for us in society i who has contributed i respect them as fellow human being but no more than that they were human being with gifts and i believe god continued to make human being today with gifts and i want to say this you don't forget your thought right yeah, yeah. i want to say this god is not concerned about the season 
What, what do I mean by that? He's that he is not concerned that it's a good season or bad season. To right. God, all season are ripe. Right. <laughs> they are right. good. All of them are ripe. We take, we take the three Hebrew boys in Daniel. They flourish in Babylon. Mm. Okay? God doesn't care. We would say right now life is not as normal as it is. But guess what? God is expecting for you to occupy. And he's expecting for you to return, make a return. I don't know how much. That's not the concern. He wants you to try to give back a return with the time that he has given you. You will only retire after you die. Yep. That's it. But I, I just want to say that. He's expecting yep. you to be productive. He, he, he expects Joseph to be productive in prison. Mm-hmm. That was a bad season. In slavery, he expects Joseph to be productive and give back something. God is not concerned about the season. Just because the season is dark or hard or difficult... God is not saying you cannot fulfill. But once one one thought with Joseph yeah, that it's been it. on my yeah, mind. Yeah. Um, none of that, none of those seasons would have happened had he not believed God's the dream that God gave yes, him. Yes, even when he had to start there. Um, I so love that that he was so excited. That he didn't even see how it sounded to others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean you know? You don't mean it's it's like right. He's like, okay, I'm gonna rule you. You're gonna bow down to me. Oh, oh, oh! I got another dream. You're gonna bow down to me. But, but, I, but I also think the that, character that goes over well. But, but I also think the character of Joseph was that I don't think he was proud. I don't think he was. A proud. He was excited. He was share. excited. I, I don't think he was more like you're gonna bow down to him. I really think he was more like they this said is that my, though. Right, right. right. They right. they interpret. Yeah, but yes. I think for him, it was like, this is what God says. This right. is the position he's going to put me in. Yeah. Yeah. He was just delivering. He was sharing what God had given. He believed it, though, so much. And that very thing could obviously <laughs> offend and a confront lot a lot of people. Even you who were telling me, like, <laughs> we were talking, like, some people would think, would think I'm arrogant, but if you know me, you know that I'm not arrogant. No, uh, right. But that's mm-hmm. the, it's confronting, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, you know, you, just your presence could be confronting to others. Um, your lifestyle could be confronting. You don't have to say anything. Um, but to actually believe what God tells you <laughs> and share it as, right. as if and it's true, is, because is you believe true. it's true. It's like Abraham. Yeah. Right. Like right. you have no yeah. kids, but you're father of nations. But your name itself. Yeah. Your name, is every time you say the <laughs> right. name, Fa- it's just father, father of many. nations. <laughs> father of many. Okay. But I, yeah. I love this, you guys. I love I love that the men, who, the brothers who are saying, listen, you're going to bow down to me, they put so much emphasis and title and position. Mm-hmm. They didn't right. realize that mm-hmm. all positions are equally important. Mm-hmm. The That's nail right. and the finger is important. The hand is inf- important. The feet is important. All of everything, it. Yeah. Everything. So they, mo- they put so much emphasis on ruling and, and authority and title. Mm-hmm. I think to Joseph, it was like, that was my position. That was what God made me to be. Yeah. And so I'm going to be it. When Jesus speaks of the, t- of the, you know, the body parts, right, that we all you know, are different things, and it, it doesn't dawn on you how important each part is until you like, you know, hurt a pinky. Okay, yeah. and then <laughs> and, and then you like can't do the certain things. Of, the whole body feels, and then you know it kind of disrupts the way you flow throughout the day, right? And and, and the, the way you deliver tasks, that you execute tasks, you need your entire body intact. Um, so yeah, no, that was a no. That, that I, I love that because it's just you think about a nail, mm-hmm. and you think about when you don't tend to the nail, 
it it grows mm-hmm. out of control or it, you know if you're not sharpening mm-hmm. or if you're not you know maintaining it mm-hmm. and it's not only having confidence in God, Joseph had confidence in God, Isaiah had confidence in God, Moses had confidence in God, but it was maintaining the gift that got them through. You think about Joseph, with Joseph, every place that he was in, every hard place he was in, he flourished because of the favor of God, because he operated in his gift. And that's, I think that's what we're trying to say in this season, that there is bloom where you plant it. What it okay? God has planted you in a hard place. Are you blooming? Are you? It is not only are you capable of doing it; it's expected because there's something that God is birthing in you right now that is preparing you for your next season. There's something that God is is revealing to you right now that is going to shift you back to the mountaintop. If he he, I think God is always speaking, but it's on us. To pay attention. I think we're going to go with final thoughts right now, you guys. Whoever want to go first. I would say take the time now while you don't have the distractions to find out your God identity. Who are you? What is the one talent that he gave you that you could be using right now? And once you find out, sorry, oh, sorry, Michelle, I just jumped in there. But once you find out who you are in Christ, understand that as you move from season to season, transition from one to the next, and you utilize all your talents as, you know, as the Lord had given it to you in that moment um, to execute it then, understand that while things change in your life, seasons change, change in your, in this life, he is the same. You've already trust, put all your trust in him. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mm-hmm. And it, wherever he's going to take you, he already knows. He's the constant. You're changing, but he's right there. He's taking you through those changes, and he knows where you're going. Amen. And I, I was going to say, just don't think of yourself in, as a, a less than, or your talent is less than. Uh, God has made every, every talent for every season, for every part of, of his church. And I just want to leave you with Proverbs 3, 5, 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Amen. 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 And I want to say this. I have found that when I pursue Christ and I know him, my gifts become, what I'm supposed to do become very clear. I've, I find for me, I, I just spend a lot of time getting to know Christ. And then mm-hmm. he just speak to me what it is that he's, I'm supposed to do. And yeah. I, I, I want to leave you with Philippians 3, 8 to 10. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish, garbage, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not that I have a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, but that which come through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. I just want to tell you, becoming like Jesus, Jesus is not someone who is nothing. Jesus is a big deal. So, (laughs) 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 you guys, it's amazing. It's a pleasure and an honor to 
to be doing this with you. Um, to come here and Mary, it's an amazing topic. Thank you for sharing that topic. Yeah. God's faithfulness. Thanks, Mary. God's God. faithfulness can can bring you through a lot of season. You guys are amazing. You rock. Each one of you rock. Michelle, you guys rock. And you who are listening, you are amazing too. Yes. Listen, if yes, you yeah. have the Lord, you are a big deal. You are God's prize. And if you don't have the Lord, there's there's room at the table for you. Come, he's he died to find you. So come and 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 come to the table and come and drink thirst. If you thirst, come and drink, and you will be fulfilled. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you. And He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. 
delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. Nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child?